Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio, WLMW 90.7 FM, Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVV Radio in Las Vegas, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Hello and welcome in to Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson. I am so honored to have Alexandra Ponsica on our uh, show today because she is just a prime example. I think so many people have just been introduced to this medical freedom fight, myself included, since COVID happened. And she is a prime example on how this fight has been going on for decades now. And um, she's going to share with us her story, one part of which her story involves protesting Anthony Fauci lying about other vaccines in 2019, the protest that she went to. But he has been up to this for a long time prior to COVID. So I think it's important that people understand the history behind all of this. She also is a mom of four, two kids, twin boys that are autistic, and she is doing some wonderful things now with spellers. We had J.B. Hanley and Jamie Hanley on talking about the spell to communicate uh, that they are doing now to, to help break these kids open so that they can communicate like they've never been able to before. So she is a success story with this. But again, I think her history and her story is what's so important in all of this. And I have a chart for you all uh, that is just undeniable if you're watching us on Red Voice Media or on Rumble. This is from J.B. Hanley's book. And this shows the corresponding growth and the number of vaccines and that American children receive, that top line, the darker black, uh, and how that growth rate has corresponded with the growth rate of autism in this country. We have seen the vaccines, the childhood vaccines go from about six, two decade, two to three decades ago to now upwards of 72. They keep adding, so I can't, <laughs> I can't keep up with it, but more than 72 shots that a child will receive in their life. And we all know autistic children. We all uh, have been touched by autism in some way because it is all around us. And it is undeniable the, cor the, the correlation between the rise in vaccines and the rise in autism. And so Alexandra is here to um, be a living testament to that. And she's been also advocating for uh, medical and religious exemptions. There are so many states that have tried to take away exemptions for school-aged children and um, some that are still do deny people that basic human right. And that's why we here at We the Patriots USA are fighting for so many. We have a recent victory that we'd like to announce to you all that Regina Lighthouse, her 14-year-old son, can now go back to high school, uh, be enrolled in high school. He has a recorded vaccine injury and the California Medical Board was taking away his medical exemption and they took it from him. We, the Patriots USA, stepped in and helped out this family. So now he can go back to school without having to receive those vaccines. If you would like to continue to support all of these wonderful missions that we are on here at We, the Patriots USA for medical freedom and so on, you can go to We, the Patriots USA. Org. But now I am so honored to talk to this mama warrior today on our show, Alexandra. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. 
As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. Visit carnivorebar.com for more information. This episode is brought to you by The Freedom People, providing comprehensive solutions for individuals and businesses to take control and protect their freedoms. Visit thefreedompeople.org to reclaim your freedoms. Hi, Alexandra. It's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you too. And thank you for all that you're doing. I love all of this. Oh, well, thank you for all that you've been doing for and paving the way for more people like me to wake up and get involved in the medical freedom movement. You've been involved for uh, many years now. And, you know, before we dive into your story, what it, what has it been like to see other people through the pandemic finally see and understand the need for this medical freedom movement? Wow. Uh, the entire pandemic was very interesting to watch people. It, it was very clear where people stood. Let's put it that way. And then when we saw people awakening, it was like, finally, finally, you are getting it. But I can't believe it took something so large and drastic to bring people to awareness. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to, I can't wait to talk to you about the Anthony Fauci protest. I think that is just so fascinating. We'll get to that in a minute, but I want to start at the beginning of your story because it is instrumental in how you got involved in the medical freedom movement. And um, I'm going to bring up this photo of your beautiful family. You have four children and tell us how you're, you had twins, twin boys as your first two. Um, how, you know, how their vaccine injury came about, where you guys were in the world, because I understand your husband, tell him thank you for his service, is involved in the military. Uh, I actually, I'm finding myself getting a little bit emotional because um, it's traumatizing. Yeah. I think um, the entire journey has been traumatizing. And actually for the past uh, year or two years, things have been really positive. So kind of shifting gears and looking back at how far we've come it can be really yeah it's a lot a, a lot that we've been through um my husband and i have actually been together since i was 15 years old um so then when he joined the military we moved overseas to okinawa japan and uh, that's where we had our twin boys and so i was 20 when i became pregnant with uh them and I was a young mom and definitely had no idea what I was doing in the world. Um, and I, we ended up, I had the Tdap, the flu shot and Rogam all during pregnancy. And then they were born as preemies at 34 weeks. Everything was good. They were four pounds, five ounces, four pounds, eight ounces. Um, but really they got jabbed pretty quickly. 
Um, what's interesting is that my one son had vitamin K only the day of birth, and then my other son had vitamin K and hep B the day of. And um, the son who had only vitamin K had hep B two weeks later. The two weeks difference is significant because my one son who had it two weeks later is minimally speaking, and my other son who had it the day of birth is completely non-speaking. Um, then we fully, you know, vaccinated on the schedule up until they were three, even when they were still being diagnosed. Um, yeah. At what point did you know in that journey? Cause obviously, you know, children aren't speaking until, um, you know, over a year old. When did you know that there was something different about your babies? Honestly, I didn't even know what autism was. Sure. And I think at in 2012, when my twins were born, I maybe should have known a little bit about autism, but I, I didn't even know about Jenny McCarthy's story. I knew nothing. I knew nothing. Um, and uh, when they were progressing, I just thought that it was they were preemies and twins. So I never identified anything truly. Um, and then when we went for our 18-month appointment, the military doctor gave us Tylenol, then sent us over to the pharmacy section of his office and loaded them up. And we came home, full body rashes broke out, ear infections, inconsolable crying, uh, and just, they were just, they became very ill. I never saw the regressive autism that most mothers speak about as far as developmental it's possible that they had something and that they lost it. But what I saw was more physical illness, onset of physical illness, and it just kept coming. And it was like, once that happened, it was downhill. They were always sick, throwing up fevers, constant ear infections. And that's what I began to witness. And then I didn't even know that there was an issue. They were slow to walk and slow to speak, slow to use utensils and all of that. Um, and because I lived away from my family, I really didn't know, you know, what was going on. But um, my mother-in-law had passed away. So I had flown with my husband to the Philippines for her funeral and left my twins with my parents for two weeks. That's when they realized that something was going on. And they were nearing their second birthday at this point. And my dad thought that they were deaf. Um, but every time Despicable Me would turn on the TV, they would run to it. So it wasn't an issue of deafness, right? Um, and then they were diagnosed on their third birthday. Yeah, and I can't even imagine what that's like as a mom to get that diagnosis. And um, just take us through very quickly what the what it is like as a mom to get that diagnosis rough, yeah. very rough. It changes everything. You know, you have a perception of what you want your life to be like and what kind of mother you want to be and what kind of things you want to do with your kids and how you envision yourself. And everything changed. It became very difficult for us to go out in public and it became very difficult to have parties and events and to do things. Um, everything changed. And then we went into the health aspect of it and we had to change diet and then we had to pay for medical bills. And then we had to explain this to family members that didn't understand. And then there was that divide. So 
I think autism families alone deal with isolation once a diagnosis hits and then you tack on the health freedom aspect of it and it, you know, skyrockets this isolation. So it was a very difficult journey. Yeah, I think that so many people listening um, might not understand how isolating being involved in the medical freedom movement can be. I think people had a taste of that during COVID when so many people that were, uh, you know, maybe not even against the shots, but just against the mandates, right? You know, so many people went out and got the shot themselves, but were not okay with people being mandated to get it. And those people that were, you know, kind of down the middle and pretty neutral with it were also scared to talk about it. We're also scared to speak up and, um, you know, were shamed into wearing masks and things like that because they the the stigma that 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 the medical community puts on people and um, you know if you listening to this felt isolated for your viewpoints during COVID I want you to think about how isolating it is for people and parents like Alexandra who have been in this movement forever who have been labeled anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists and things like that um, and how isolating that can be. I think that people are now starting to kind of understand the, um, you know, just the the warfare that goes on with, with this and with that medical community. It's, I can't even imagine how hard that that is and for people to to think about that. But let's fast forward a little bit into your journey. So, um, you know, after you got this diagnosis, you had been living for years and years and years with with your children in autism and trying to find answers. When did you get involved in the medical freedom movement and going to protests? I want to start showing some pictures of you at protests because it's just so powerful for people to see. Hi there, sweet girl. Powerful to see um, these these protest pictures. When did you start going to these these protests and getting involved in these? So, so I I started to learn about vaccine injury very shortly after uh, their diagnosis. I um, had my my parents are very health minded. They've always been health minded. So as soon as we had a, a diagnosis of autism, my parents went down the rabbit hole of all the causes and, and started to search like uh, healing, you know, modalities and everything. So I started to go down that path. And at first I identified environmental causes and thought, oh, okay. And then I started to delve down into the vaccines. And then I watched the truth about vaccines series. I watched Vaxxed and I became so invested in learning more about that. And then in 2017, I became pregnant with my son um, after the twins. And I started to speak out more because I was becoming very confident in my research. And so around that time is when I started to speak about my pregnancy with him and how I was going to be doing everything differently. I had a C-section with my twins and I was just speaking about how I was going to be doing uh, a VBAC, you know, vaginal birth after C-section. And I started to be vocal about that. 
And at the same time, I also became an integrative nutrition health coach because I had been changing the twins diet for a while and health has had just become my thing. Um, and then in 2018, when my son was born after having a natural birth, it was beautiful and I got everything right this time around. In New Jersey, our religious exemption was at risk. And I said, no way. <laughs> There's no way. And that's when I took it up a notch and I said, okay, something has to give. And at that point too was when I started to become very angry that this had happened to my twins. And, you know, you get hit with grief and you have to go through a mourning period of how could I have let this happen to my child and my children. Um, and then I just, I couldn't let it go. I couldn't let it go. So we just started there. And it's just so incredible that that happened around the same time. And I think it's important for people to know and to see that, you know, your, your uh, other two children that you didn't get vaccinated are perfectly healthy. And like you said, you had the natural birth and I'm right there with you. My second was a VBAC yeah. birth and a home birth actually. And, you know, I talk about that on the show and how important all of that is and uh, the difference that it can make. And, you know, the proof is right there in front of you and your own family. And um, so now I want to get to one of the bigger protests that you went to in 2019. Set up this video for us of you at the protest in Washington, D.C. You're protesting Anthony Fauci and the MMR vaccine. Can you tell us a little bit about the history behind that? So after having been fighting in New Jersey for a religious exemption, I, I did go through a period where I started to lose friends as I was becoming vocal. And I became, I took, I took a lot of things very personally at the time. And I was like, these are my kids. I can't believe you're still vaccinating. And I kind of, it was just all very too close to home. And I took things very personally. Um, and then I, found it also very therapeutic when people I knew in passing would reach out to me and say, I'm not going to vaccinate my child because of your story. Thank you so much. Can you give me more information? And I had more of those people than I had the friends leaving my side. So I gravitated towards those people and developed a network. And I also found it therapeutic to express my my grievances about my twins and we struggled significantly at home so right before this uh protest i actually flew down to the cdc for the um advisory the asip meeting and i had given a speech um and i flew home and was told that anthony fauci was going to be talking about the MMR and this and that in Washington, D.C. And we have a large connection of freedom warriors in New Jersey who set up a bus. So they're like, hop on the bus. We'll all go down. We'll be back in a day. I had just gotten back from Georgia, from the CDC. And I was like, I have to go. I have to go. My husband's like, again, are you serious? I grabbed my nursing son and we hopped on a bus. We were exhausted from our trip from Georgia, which was also very taxing and emotional. And we went down there. I will also say that this was also a, a 
big um, emotional trip for me too, because in New York, in um, cl close, right over the border from where I live, they were denying unvaccinated from the MMR in 2018 and 19, mm -hmm. they were stopping people from going into the mall. And I had friends who were telling me, oh, how are they going to enforce it? And I was like, oh, the, trust me, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way. Hi. And I had been trying to protest in New Jersey and New York as far as that because my unvaccinated son was not allowed in our local Palisades New York mall. So going down there to discuss the MMR was something that was very presently happening in New Jersey and I felt threatened there. And aside from that, I also, a part of the reason I started to become more vocal was because I met a woman, Robin Stavola, and she had a daughter, Holly Stavola, who died from the MMR vaccine at five years old. And so in New Jersey, we have Holly's Law to allow for titers to get into kindergarten no. instead of the vaccine. Ah. And when I heard that vaccines could kill is when I said enough was enough. So with my children, it was a grievance that I needed to speak up for. But when I knew that they could do so much more than just a diagnosis of autism, I could not handle that. So we went down to DC to protest this. We couldn't believe that there was an 18 year old that they brought in, Ethan Lindenberger, to speak on behalf of, you know, the. I could not believe they were bringing in an 18 year old child to be an expert witness. And it just seemed so wrong to me. All right, well, we're gonna play that video because it is, you're right. We are live from Washington, DC. There are so many of us here today to fight for health freedom. I'm gonna show you a little bit about that. So when the media portrays us as crazy anti-vaxxers or whatever the hell they wanna call us, you can look at this and see how many people come together. And we're all family and it's really just so beautiful to see so many people together. People have flown here from the West Coast, from Washington, in California, from Texas. People have flown here from Florida, all on the East Coast. And it is a huge turnout. And I hope that, you know, we make we make some noise and people start to listen to us that vaccine injury is real. Vaccine death is real and it's not rare. And it's happening and we need to stop it. And you know, we we're just demanding our freedom for choice, you know, where there's risk, there must be choice. And that's what we're gonna try and achieve today. So. That was amazing. I love that video and I love how you're just showing it raw and what you guys are doing and what I wish we would have shown too. And I, I'm sorry that we didn't is the long line of people that are there with you guys. And um, I love that your kiddos are, are in this interview too. She's, I, I mean, I love that in that video, I have the same age son that I have now. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a warrior mom. And I just think it's awesome that people are seeing that and um, you're juggling and interviewing your kids at the same time. Yeah. Amazing. I have to do that sometimes too. So I totally get it. Well, I love that protest. It is 
that's happening in 2019. We've told people so many times how they started to really uh, go hard about taking away these exemptions prior to the pandemic. And um, so then we'll fast forward to what you are doing now with your wonderful clinic and um, what you're going to what you're starting up with spelling to communicate, because I know that the pandemic was a um, it was a rough road for you guys and it was rough for everyone. But you you had a breakthrough in that whenever you you um, you called. I love that this is a part of your story. Um, I don't love. I shouldn't say I love, but I think it's very powerful that is part of your story. You're in the ambulance when you decide to call JB Hanley. Tell us, um, tell us about that if you don't mind, real quick. Yeah. So really, this was early March 2020, and things had not shut down yet. And the school called an ambulance for suspected seizures, and you know, given our health freedom fight, ambulances and hospitals are extremely terrifying. And this was my first go at it. And I had, you know, connected with J.B. Hanley in 2018 with his first book. And he just was always such a genuine, authentic human being. And so I'm in the ambulance. And for whatever reason, God told me, call J.B. And I was like, okay, I called. I left a voicemail telling him I was in the ambulance. He called, left a voicemail. We finally got on the got on the call and he told me, hey, just talk to your son, Noah, as if he understands everything. I'm like, okay. And he's like, listen, it's not going to make sense now, but when you get out of the hospital, let's connect. I've been doing a new therapy with Jamie. It's been really great. Let's talk. So, of course, after that, he sends me a video of, JB, uh, of Jamie on the letter boards. And I also had heard about this therapy because my sister, um, Susie had been doing it just recently done it with um, her son. So I came around to um, trying it out. And it changed everything. I love this. And here we're showing some photos. If you're watching us on Rumble or Red Voice or Twitter, and you see there's Jamie Hanley on the right hand side, um, on the right hand side of the screen. And um, one of your is that one of your sons on the left hand side that's using the yes, letter board? They're both, they're both Noah. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're twins, so I didn't know if it was the same boy or <laughs> different. But yeah, there's Noah, um, you know, learning this spell to communicate. And, um, you know, here you are now opening up a spell to communicate center in New Jersey. So you've been such a warrior mom because here you you help to protest and win the right back to have exemptions in the state of New Jersey. And now here you are paving the way um, to open up a spell to communicate center, see me speak in New Jersey. I mean, the way that God is working in your story and how much you've um, how much you've given back uh, despite, you know, the hardships and 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 the obstacles that your family has faced in all of this. Um, it's just so awesome to see what God is doing in your life. Um, what is it, how does it feel for you now to be um, opening up this spell to communicate center? Honestly, it just feels God driven because I don't have much of a hand in it. I've kind of just said yes to everything. <laughs> like really, I've just said yes. I have seen what I needed to do and I'm like, okay, let's do it. 
I'm terrified. I have so many different, you know, self doubts and all of this, but I just keep seeing the need for this. And it is exactly what I need to build for my Caleb and Noah because it has been life changing. And then every time I work with a new student, I just see the light in their eyes and I absolutely love this. And I just realized that this is what I was put on earth to do. <laughs> Oh, that just gives me goosebumps when you're talking about it. And, you know, no matter what your story is, if it's like Alexandra's or anyone else, I can attest to that too, that, you know, once my husband and I started saying yes to everything that God put in front of us, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, but it was life-changing and it, you just have a great peace about everything. And, um, I just, I salute you for that. And I want you to tell people why it is so essential that these centers open up because you aren't getting support from um, the autism, meta, the you know, big autism community, as I uh, like to call it. You are not getting support from the from the schools to use this communication method with the children. Tell people about that. So really, communication is a basic human right. And when I take a step back and I rehumanize this issue, I think of myself as a child and I think of what I needed as a child. And I think we all have those traumatic events from our childhood that shape who we are as an adult. And when I think of their childhood and what they have been through and what they continue to go through and not being able to have a voice, Mom. I cannot fathom living a life like that. And so as a child, they need a support system. And as their mother, I need to support them through that process. And I think that schools don't humanize this issue. They think, oh, well, we're giving them a limited device, this iPad, that should be good enough. But they're not thinking of themselves as a child having to go through that. There's a, an extreme disconnect with, a, with understanding where they're coming from. And it is so important for autonomy and in a, in a journey towards independence to be able to communicate and express oneself. And so I feel like it's absolutely essential to have communication. Absolutely. And I encourage people to go to your website, see me speaks to see.com and see ways that you can get involved or to, to help you guys out or to help out other speak, you know, spell to communicate centers, because like you said, the schools are not supporting this. They'd rather just give these kids iPads and send them on their way. And um, so I think that it is important that we advocate for our children. And so I thank you so much for all the wonderful work that you are doing. And, you know, I know that we could have we um, kind of glossed over your story and it, it goes so much deeper than that. And um, I just want to thank you for everything that you do. Is there any anything else that you want to uh, tell people, any more resources or anything like that that you suggest people follow you or anything? I just think that if you're struggling in this health freedom fight, which is we've all been there, I, I think it's very important to focus on the fight but also focus on the build because the build is where we're going to make so much of a difference. So if you feel a place where you can build something that will provide for our community, that's where you should go. 
Thank you. Thank you for that encouragement. I think that's so important. And I want to say hello to your littles that are back there saying hi. It's so sweet and it's so wonderful. Hi. Hi there. I love to see it. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you and God bless. You too. Take care. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.